2: Connor Happer. Wow, wow wow. Mike Schaefer. You know what goes great with major sports moments and or Creighton meltdowns? of course,
3: This is Happer and Schaefer. Alright, welcome back. Happer and Schaefer here on 937 with Ticket and TicketFM.com. Adrian Martinez. Wild career at Nebraska. Put his transfer put his name into the transfer portal yesterday put his transfer into the name portal uh, yesterday he will play a fifth season of college football he won't play it at Nebraska so let's look back at his uh, at his career his playing career at Nebraska and the first question that kind of comes to mind or maybe the jumping off point is I don't know something along the lines of what happened how maybe? And we, we've been saying this now for almost two—the better part of two years—and it's like, man, when when this guy walks away, he's going to be one of the most confusing things. He's he's you know the all-time leader in yards in Nebraska football history. Um, he's he has started, and he just so happens to coincide with each of Scott Frost's first four seasons as as the head coach, the starting mm-hmm. quarterback. Um, he started all but. I did this math yesterday. I believe he started all but
2: six of Scott Frost's first 44 games. So, Troy. Yes. um, Minnesota. Yes. Indiana. Yes. Penn State. Yes. Illinois. Mm -hmm. Iowa.
3: Yep. Hmm.
2: That was easier than I thought, but yeah.
3: He's responsible for 14 out of Scott yeah, Frost's 15 wins. He's responsible for 24 out of Scott Frost's 29 losses so far. At least as a starting quarterback. Now there was one of those games, um, Michigan 2018, where I mean he was the starting quarterback technically, but he was out for he was out after the first five minutes of the game because no they, one they just decided to throw into the throw on the towel on that yeah, one.
2: The the box score shows no one actually played. Quarterback in that game, or defense, yeah, uh, really, or anything. Mm -mm. So
3: it was over in ten seconds. Yeah, and uh, credit to them, they haven't had a game like that really since, Mm, with the exception of Ohio State two thousand nineteen. Yeah, I was
2: gonna say that would be. I don't know that that was over
3: in ten seconds, but um, it wasn't much longer than
2: that. Was how did that? Did that game start with Ohio State scoring a touchdown? Yeah,
3: there was like a bad pass interference call
2: in the end. Well, they
3: they. Nebraska got it on their first drive and turned it over.
2: Okay, so yeah. I couldn't remember if Ohio State scored first or what I remember is on like the third play of that series, Adrian's rolling to the right trying to throw to to um, Wondell Robinson and the Ohio State defensive back was just all yeah over. It was the guy who went first round Jeffrey um, Okuda Jeffrey
3: Okuda yeah. yeah came right over the top of Wondell picked it off
2: that Ohio State team was so yep. good yep I. I'm not going to waste our time with it, but basically, that's I think that's still the best team in the last five years, and they didn't win a title, and I don't know how. So, who did this? Whose fault is this? Yeah, who did this? Who did this? We're all looking for who did this.
3: I, I think if we're if there's a if there's a scale of why did it turn out this way for Adrian Martinez, it more so lies on the positions that he was put in.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think. The easiest way to say it is that Nebraska failed Adrian Martinez. Adrian Martinez did not fail Nebraska. Yeah. Now that's not to absolve he
3: he failed he failed in some cases. Yeah. yeah. I mean I
2: I don't want to like make it seem like he was just amazing and everything else was garbage. Not
3: absolved of blame because
2: one of the things that came out of yesterday is I felt like there was a lot of people in the moment trying to make the case that he was the best quarterback of the last fifteen years no, you or can't whatever. Do that. Not even close in my mind, but... Um,
3: you just can't. There's not enough wins. Just...
2: Well, Yeah, at some point you have to lead a game-winning drive. Right, yeah. Um, I think that he was, for what he was, a pretty good quarterback that needed more help than he ever really got. And if you look at how his career played out, the first season and the last season, he had the best offensive teammates. He had the best playmaking wide receivers. He had his best two seasons. And he had his best two seasons. Uh, sandwich in between... You had a lot of, Adrian's going to have to fix it. And I don't say this is like a knock on, on him, but his best option for most of that run was Wandale Robinson, who just in the way that Nebraska was choosing to play offense, they didn't uh, couldn't effectively use him in the way that Kentucky has figured out to do it. Yep. Um, so that, I, I really think if you're looking for culprits in this whole thing, it's that they didn't have enough talent around him for a portion of it. The offense did not help him, and they were overly reliant on his legs.
3: Offensive line got worse over the over the four. Well, I'm stretch. sure you've
2: seen the tweet going around that Nebraska had the the number one and number two pressures allowed for offensive tackles. I didn't see the tweet. And then, yeah,
3: is this a Pro Football Focus thing?
2: Yes, which I don't always put a ton of stock into. But I also have eyes, and I watch Nebraska play this that year. That seems right. Yes. So whether or not I believe in the the and analytics he, used there. And,
3: you know, he didn't take a lot of sacks this year either. Well, he was just under duress he, the yeah, entire time. He, he's such an explosive playmaker that he doesn't, you know, sometimes he holds it too long, but he he only takes sacks in kind of these dire situations. I think he took
2: more sacks in the first year than he did. That sounds right. Than he did this year. I'd have well, he, to look at and,
3: it. Yeah, it, let's dive into those those two years then when we thought hey look this this could work you know maybe it's not as perfect as you want it to be but this quarterback in this situation could actually be a pretty good offense and that happened in 2018 and in 2021 it's it's pretty easy um nebraska a thousand yard rusher and a thousand yard receiver in in 2018 um and then they also had jd spillman on top of that (laughs) and um they had a veteran offensive line that probably wasn't great but was good enough um for Nebraska to be okay there um and you know they had they still had trouble putting it in the end zone in two thousand and eighteen um but their offense was pretty explosive and pretty good they also had maurice Washington yeah who was not a small player in the situation
2: i was i so I was thinking back on this. The most productive player that he ever played with was probably Divino Sigbo. Yep. The most explosive. Maybe yeah, the most explosive player he ever played with was probably Maurice Washington. Unquestionably Maurice Washington. Um And then, you know, the, the two best wide receivers. And I I could I could listen to JD Spielman on this, but I I would probably go. Because of what they represent and the his ability to kind of be able to push it downfield, I would go Morgan and Toure on that. Yeah, and then Spielman would probably be third.
3: Yeah, I mean they they needed his explosiveness yeah. this year; otherwise, their offense would have been
2: pretty, pretty and nothing.
3: It, it, they it, had, they had a run game. If they would have had, that's the the kind of you know what if about this season for me. A lot of the other stuff looked like it really could be pretty good. You had Toure as the big play threat. You had Manning, Austin Allen, Manning, Austin Allen yeah. and um Bets, uh, you know, doing a nice job when they were utilized. If this team in 2021 could have cobbled together a run game that worked and it didn't have Adrian Martinez as like the primary runner, like if they could have had a good conventional run game, they would have won like 8 games. They would have won like, I'm not kidding, they would have won like eight games. And that's a big if, right? That's a big thing. You can't just take a nothing run game to a, you know, to a really good one. But that was kind of the plan, I thought, going into this year. the, the The misread by the coaching staff, I think, of thinking they were going to have that this year or maybe thinking it was going to be better than it ended up being, ended up, you know, resulting in what you saw, I think.
2: Here's a what if. What if they just started the year with with uh, Nori as their left guard? And like Prohaska? Well, and Prohaska I'm a little bit... That one I don't... He only played one a game and a half. Like, it's, it's harder for me on that one. But I really do feel like at the end of the year that Nori was their second best offensive lineman. Frost
3: admitted it. He was like, we should have played him earlier.
2: Like... It's insane to say that, but I mean he was better than Corcoran, he was better than uh, Sichterman, he was better than Ben Hart. Well Piper the was of, the yeah. guy
3: there. Pipe that was, yeah, well, that was Piper's what I, spot. Yeah, yeah.
2: I just mean like at the end, like the guy who only played seven or started six or seven games for you mm-hmm. was unquestionably your second best lineman behind Juergens and at times he was better than Jurgens.
3: Yeah. They misread that. I, I remember talking a day or two before the season or potentially it was on the pregame show, like leading up to the Illinois game the first game of the year and i was like you know i liked a lot of what i heard coming out of fall camp and the way that they were going to kind of go about their business and obviously you could kind of lock away and with a key the defense like that's going to be pretty good um but there's got to be some amount of worry or, or at least just question about what the offensive line is going to look like and um you know, <laughs> it ended up being the the biggest Achilles heel for this team.
2: Yeah, I definitely felt like, okay, they've got these young guys that were pretty well recruited. They're going to be able to slide in and play well.
3: Because they had been getting their asses kicked in fall camp. Like, yeah. they they had been getting killed in fall camp, and it was just like, and that's that's basically what the coaching staff was saying. It's like, well, you know, there's some good days, there's some bad days. Our yeah. defensive line's really good, by the way. And I'm like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. They're going up that against- actually
2: was true. Yeah. Because if you look at what they did to Michigan State, like, you can you can easily see how that defensive line would have just dominated all of fall camp. Right. Um, we also probably didn't make a big enough deal out of the fact that Turner Corcoran played left tackle despite practicing twice in August or whatever it was. Yeah. So, <laughs> I like that this is now a retrospective of what we got wrong.
3: Well... <laughs> so we're
2: just you want to do 2021 now we can do 2020 we just do the whole ADM yeah Argentina that's true era. we
3: could do that too um all right i want to hear from you guys 402-464-5685 let's take a phone call from dave on the honda of lincoln hotline hey dave
2: Hey, greetings, Mike and Connor. Hey, you guys always make great points. I love listening to you. Um, you know what I still can't figure out? And it just it frustrates me with every team, especially Nebraska. The problems you had in week one against Illinois, you should have taken care of in fall camp, and you're still trying to figure it out against Iowa and Wisconsin. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, God, I hope they don't do that next in 2020-2020. Uh, twenty twenty two, you better figure it out in four weeks in August because you don't have time to do it during the season. It just—it's got to be frustrating as a quarterback in week number twelve that as soon as you snap the ball, you got defensive linemen right in the backfield. But thanks for taking my call, guys.
3: Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. I mean, yeah, it was—it was the biggest. Um, it was the biggest piece of this year, for sure. And and then as a result of that, the play gets worse kind of everywhere else. Well, yeah,
2: because you can't, you know, as much as we want them to take a shot downfield, it's harder when you can't stop anyone in terms of pass protection. When you want to be able to run in third and short and you can't handle what's in front of you, it's hard to be able to do that consistently. When the field gets smaller, it's hard to run in the red zone, um, you know. Like, what was, this is, this is of interest to me. For running back specifically, what do you think the long touchdown of the year was for them? do you think it was over 10 yards? Did anybody have a run over 10 yards that finished in the end zone? <laughs> besides Adrian did obviously yeah He had a his long 70 was 75 yeah. um but I don't know I don't know that a running back had a run of over 10 yards that went into the end zone I can't think of one. Hmm. feels like every one of their touchdowns from a running back came within five yards.
3: That um, Ramir had a, a long one in the Michigan game, right? It that, was a catch, and it was a catch. And did it score?
2: Yeah, he had a he yeah. had a he had a catch off. Of, it was a beautiful pass, beautiful yeah. play. It's a wheel route.
3: Yeah, naturally.
2: Yeah. So I like I'm sitting here trying uh, to. You're think. probably right. I yeah. can't. If the text line can help us out, like was there a run? They couldn't. Because even Jockant like Jock not had like that 69 yard run against Northwestern. And it was finished off by like a Adrian run into the end zone from two yards out. Yeah,
3: they whatever. they couldn't crease anything.
2: Like Adrian had a twenty five yard run against Norfolk. Like I can think of the Adrian once. I just can't think of any running back touchdown that would have went for like ten yards.
3: Yeah. No, that makes sense. I don't Which think is that's right. That's sad. Yeah, they were I mean, that's that's how Divina Zigbo basically got all of his yards yeah. in two thousand eighteen.
2: Here's a 60-yard touchdown. I mean, he, he There's was, 52. He, he was
3: a good running back, but the yeah. offensive line was at least serviceable there. And that's that's all it needs to be in an offense like this.
2: When it's built off of explosion, explosive plays, yeah.
3: Out the text line here, 402-464-5685. Um, run game didn't work because of O-line and defenses could make Adrian beat them with his arm and he couldn't do it. I love Adrian, but I think Frost Learning needs someone who could read a defense and throw the ball above being a running quarterback open receivers were missed or not thrown to every game there. There's no doubt about that, but like it. So the first point, the first sentence there, and this is kind of what we've been talking about. It all, it all works together. Yeah. I mean, if they can key in, if they could put eight guys back there and key in on Adrian throwing the football or dare him basically to throw the football. Hey, look, man, you guys can't run it conventionally. This guy's going to have to beat us with his arm. That's a good strategy to beating any team. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when Nebraska starts turning it over, that's exactly how you beat them. So yeah. I, and that's not specifically an Adrian problem. It's going to be tough for anybody in those, under those circumstances to make plays when they know what you're trying yeah. to do.
2: I don't think it's a, f- it, so the, you know, if we get into the, like the, the breaking down of Adrian, the biggest weaknesses in his game as a passer, he couldn't throw over the middle of the field consistently. Um, with accuracy and then he was pretty hesitant to do that after a while because he you know he got benched trying to to take a deep shot and throwing it uh that way so um I love you shaking your head right now because we have a radio experience going on of course uh and then you you look at it and he's just not a conventional passer and so if teams could make him have to be that you were going to have success against Nebraska for a, a multitude of reasons they pro- like, their best plays, usually in the passing game, had to rely on freezing a defensive back who thought it was going to be a potential run, yeah. which then would open up Samari Toure. So and just they have to- usually
3: took a long time to develop. To right. It- and then you,
2: you have to have the pass protection. Like Think
3: about Toure dragging across the field all yep. the time. You
2: yeah. Know? <laughs> and if, if Bryce Benhart can't hold up on the right side right. for that, that play's dead. Um, if you just have to... This is why the, the last two minutes of a game with Nebraska trailing, they were bad in these situations because if it's just a conventional pass play and Adrian doesn't like to use the middle of the field, they're pretty easy to defend.
3: I mean, simply put, this is just how it works in sports. Like, you have to – if there's, there's 11 guys in the football field at a time, usually um, usually you're going to have to have more six or more guys that can win – You know what I mean? Like you got to win more than half the time, and that usually ends up in a positive result for your play. On the basketball court, you you know you got to have your guys have to win one-on-one battles occasionally, and especially, especially in those situations where every it's it's panic scramble mode. Late, the time's working against you. You don't have timeouts to use. You can't like regroup and really scheme something up. You have to be good at what you can do in your sleep. You have to be good at what you can conventionally do, right? That you could just say a play and we can get four yards no matter what. Like, you're playing Madden or something. Well, like
2: that. and it took two-plus years to get to where the option game sort of became what they kind of had that they could use on teams. Yep. And it makes you wonder if they had discovered that a little bit earlier, if things wouldn't have gone different maybe in 2019 um, or even 2020. But it, it took them a long time to get there. And, I mean, you you said it really well. Like, Nebraska didn't have a bread-and-butter play going into 2021 with a four-year starting quarterback. Like, the closest thing they had was their third and long quarterback blast. Draw blast, yeah. yeah. Which probably had a success rate of about 27%. Yeah, it's,
3: so. I mean, it's it's similar on the basketball court, too. It's, yeah. <laughs> you get into those late-game scenarios, somebody's just got to win. And, and we
2: know it's not Nebraska based on <laughs> results.
3: Yeah. So... I don't know, man. Uh, it's it's it. it and, and somebody said it pretty well here. Like, it's not on all. It's not all on Adrian. Um, if you have a, a guy who could do the things that you need him to do a little bit better, that would be good. And it's it's not the worst thing. Like, you could still have a lot of respect and and admiration for what Adrian did over the last four years, and still say, "Look, it's time for a break." or it's time to do something different. Because I think it is, I, and I think that's the best for both sides. And that's where we ended up, I think.
2: Yeah. No, I I think that this is a, a good result for everybody involved, and particularly if you're Kansas State, because the amount of uh, <laughs> re, you know, information requests I received from our Kansas State site yesterday. Oh,
3: really? Yeah.
2: So, They're interested. They are, but the, the whole thing with Adrian and his health is going to make it really interesting where he lands. That's what I'm saying. And now. how quickly he's going to be able to help out.
3: It's going to be...
2: That's why I think Fresno makes as much sense as anything. De-
3: Desperate is a strong word, but like, you got to be in a very specific situation. Yep. Or you to really where... have to trust
2: that he can just
3: yeah. step in. To where you're, you're taking a guy who's probably going to miss the entire spring and is going to use that. Now, he... the thing about him is... He's obviously super mature, and you know he's going to figure things out. And um, if he if he walks into a program or an offense that has a pretty steady and stabilized like culture and what they do, like that's a good spot for him, right? But um, if you're just looking for, hey man, we need a one year band aid that can mm-hmm. cover up all of our problems on offense, I don't, I wouldn't want to see him in that situation because that's exactly what he's been doing the last three years. Yeah. Or two, at, yeah. at least, you know. I, I I hope that he gets in a in a situation where he can kind of be a distributor, or, you know, whatever that
2: means. Facilitator. Facilitator.
3: Where he, I know, as a quarterback, you're always going to have a a maximum role in the offense and what they do, but as minimum as possible. Yeah. You know what I
2: mean. This sounds really dumb because I'm sure he has NFL aspirations. There's a part of me that wants them to go to a smaller conference, and I don't necessarily mean in terms of just, like, the size of the of the conference or whatever, but the size of the physical human being in the conference. Like, yeah. if he's in the Pac-12 or if he's in the Big 12, it's probably better for him in terms of how they have their defensive linemen. Uh, and I was thinking about this. Like, if Nebraska – this is a, a side tangent. These are how these things happen. If Nebraska ends up with an offensive system that's really reliant on the option going forward, you're going to have to have like three quarterbacks a year in the mm-hmm. Big Ten because you just can't survive the the rigors of, of the size of these people. And that's maybe one of the more under-discussed aspects of why Nebraska football sort of worked the way that it did in the 80s and the 90s. Because defensive linemen don't look like they do now. I mean, even someone like Sue, who 10 years ago was a freak, and he's still very much a freak. Like, it's not like there's a lot of those guys, but there's a lot of six foot three guys that are 305 pounds that move pretty quick.
3: And you're basically only finding those guys in the Big Ten and the SEC.
2: Yeah. And that's why I think, like, having that on a, a really predominant quarterback run game offense is really hard. I think Ohio State figured that out with Braxton Miller. Yeah. And then they're like, you know what? We can't do this. We can't live this. Got
3: to be a little more dynamic,
2: right? Um, and it, you know, Nebraska and Scott Frost probably have to come to that realization too. And the thing is, I think they already have. If You look at Heinrich Harburg and Richard Torres, and like what they're recruiting. It's just different than what Luke McCaffrey and Logan Smothers were for sure.
3: And 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 Adrian, I think like I've been saying this entire time in a in the world that they saw could have done – could have been that guy. Mm-hmm. Could have been the quarterback that didn't have as much on his plate. You know, could get Nebraska – But the roster did never allow for could it. Could get Nebraska 10 yards when they needed 10 yards on a scramble or something like that. Make an explosive play with his legs and with his arm. But that's it. Yeah. They, they In those in those middle two years, in 19 and 20, it just – they didn't help him out in terms of the roster.
2: And it, the play calling. I mean, like, because – is what Sam McEwen always calls it, a pick-a-play offense. I mean, it wasn't like they were setting something up to be used well, over and over and, and over.
3: And, you know, to their credit, like, they had to figure out their best way to win football games. Right.
2: In the short term. And that's where right Nebraska away. fails Adrian because yeah. he didn't get the opportunity to kind of sit and wait and learn and develop and grow and all of that stuff.
3: It, it, like, in the short term, right away, they had to figure out what is our best option to win football games. And sometimes that, uh, that was... Let's just the Adrian button. let's just see what happens, and Adrian's going to make a play for us. And sometimes it worked. It's it obviously wasn't sustainable. They weren't able to win enough games over that period of time. Yeah. Um. But for I get it for a for a down, you know. For we have to we need to get this first down right here. But then you start looking at the accumulation of all of that at the end of the series. Like, holy crap, he had the ball in his hands eighty-five percent of the time know what I mean he was our he was our leading rusher and our leading passer and and everything yeah um you just can't live that way over a long stretch right and they just kept hitting that button over and over and over yeah. again all right 402-464-5685 want to hear from you guys Honda Vlick and Hotline and the Sarder Hammond text line they're both open uh any thoughts on Adrian or anything else we have uh plenty to discuss today coming up next though we will have the final Big Ten Power Rankings with tears. We'll, uh, we'll lay that to rest. And we'll look at uh, the bowl season Okay, for the Big Ten Conference, what that might look like. We'll do that next. More of Happer and Schaefer is coming your way on 93.7 The Ticket and Ticketfm.com.